0: Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football
1: Show. Now, for your host, Dan Mater. And welcome to the show, MD Nation. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and we have a lot to discuss because it's been an entire week. Since the last time I talked to you guys, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I was not able to get the episode out to you on either Monday or Tuesday like I had discussed of trying to do. I did forewarn you on Facebook and on Twitter on Sunday that that was not going to be the case this particular week because I have been working my ass off getting the projections and rankings on the website out to you, and they are done. They are available. The downloadable draft kit is soon to come. I'm going to have that. Nicely, neatly presented and available to you within the next couple of days. But we have projections for standard half-point PPR. We have rankings for standard half-point PPR. We have positional tier rankings for all the scoring formats as well. All that is available on the website at www.mdffshow.com. You can go there, check it out, start preparing yourselves for your drafts. Now, you're going to see a lot of differences in many places with my rankings and my projections compared to a lot of other places, and that's because I am working as hard as I can to get you the most accurate information and the most realistic, reasonable expectations out of each player at each position. So that is all there available for you on the website. I urge you all to go check it out. It's some of my finest work. And of course, like I said, the downloadable draft kit will be available to all of you soon because I'm working on getting the depth charts and getting the nfl schedule up on the website as well and as soon as that is done i will be able to give you downloadable files that you can take with you to your drafts but in the meantime you can just go to the website even on your phone if you want to do it that way and be able to have that information for you right now if you are drafting you know incredibly early uh, with the rankings and the projections and all of that Now that's aside, we do have to talk about something else really quickly before we get into the bones of today's episode, which will be the five best, five busts, and five sleepers of the quarterback position, and I will get into more about what that is about and how I went about putting that together in today's episode once we get into it. First, we got to talk about last week, a week ago from today, my Twitter account was unfortunately hacked. Uh, First of all, for those of you following me and received a DM message from me, I am very sorry because I would have had the spam link in it. Uh, Unfortunately, I was getting locked out of my account and the only way to fix it was to completely delete the account altogether uh, because I wasn't, I was getting locked out of being able to You know, fix the security, fix the apps. I was pretty much unable to do anything. I even got to the point where I wasn't able to send messages out to let you guys all know that if you received a link from me, it was spam. The only thing I could do was delete the account. So, as a result, I had to delete that and then come back and make a brand new account pretty much right away. So, that's what's going on right now. I'm still trying to work on getting my following back. So, if you if you appreciate this show, if you were following us before, or even if you haven't been following us, but should because you should be getting those player update news notifications, as well as updates as to when episodes new episodes drop and anything else I have going on on the website. The Twitter handle is now at MDSFF Show rather than MDFFshow. Show. So remember that at MDSFFShow is the Twitter handle. Now, everything else stays the same. Facebook is still at MDFFShow Facebook page. And the website, of course, is still MDFFShow.com. So none of that has changed. It's only the Twitter handle has become MDSFFShow. So make sure you know Twitter. I'm still doing the player update notifications. That has not changed. I'm still retweeting my colleagues uh, from my different networks, Overtime Heroics, Belly Up Sports, and the Unwrapped Sports Networks any fantasy football content that they produce so I can still be that one-stop shop for you and of course you know letting you know when we're doing episodes and new schedules now I know we only did one episode this week, or this is going to be the only episode this week. We are going to be back on Monday because this is kicking off the new mini-series. So we're back to our regular, regularly scheduled weeks. Uh, still going to be two episodes a week until the season, and then the season will be four episodes a week during the season. So all very exciting stuff. Glad to bring you all of this information. Uh, so that's that's what's going on as far as that goes. Now, now we can kind of introduce you to what... I'm talking about with this mini-series, which, so, like I said, five bests, five bust, five sleepers. We're doing the quarterback position tonight. We're going to come back on Monday with the running backs. We're going to come back on Thursday with the wide receivers. And then the following Monday, we're going to come back with the tight ends. And pretty much what this mini-series is going to be all about is kind of shedding light on the rankings and projections that I put out on the website at www.mdffshow.com. And comparing that to the consensus ADP rankings, meaning I've taken all of the average rankings or all the average ADP rankings from ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, NFL, Fantasy Pros, you name it, I pretty much collected all the information, made an average out of it, and that way I am covering all formats when I'm talking about this to you. So what I'm going to be doing is that I'm going to be talking about standard leagues, uh, half-point PPR leagues, Full point PPR leagues and comparing those ADP rankings to my rankings and giving you those five best, five busts, five sleepers from each position. Now, with tonight's episode, we're gonna be talking about the quarterbacks. In the quarterback situation, they don't really change too much, you know, regardless of the scoring format. That's the one nice thing about the quarterback position. Now, when we talk about running backs, receivers, and tight ends, we will talk through them from a all three different scoring format perspective which means there might be some different names in those five top busts and sleepers so that's what this this mini series is going to be all about okay so that way you guys are all up to date with what's going on there we can go ahead and get to the bones of this episode starting off with the new latest news segment
0: latest news
1: See, it hasn't just been projections that I've been working on as of late. I got you a new soundbite drop as well. I can't wait to show you guys the new soundbite drops that I was able to put together for uh, when we go to dump a player and for the breaking news as well when we get into that. I'm not expecting much breaking news as I am recording this late Wednesday night for you guys to have on early Thursday. But the latest news from around the league that we have to talk about is, of course, we have to lead off pretty much every show with the holdout with Ezekiel Elliott because there's a lot that came out over the past week that I haven't got a chance to talk to you guys about. And Ezekiel Elliott comes out and says that he is not going to play this season without a new contract. Now, this was vastly overblown as far as the significance of the statement. Because at the end of the day, it has always been expected that Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys will come to some sort of agreement before the regular season starts. And we all know that Ezekiel Elliott, he does not need training camp to be ready for the season. He doesn't. Look, say, make all the jokes, make all the memes that you want for about him going to Cabo during the contract negotiations. Facts are the facts. When that guy went on suspension and he went to Cabo for that entire suspension, he came back, he was in shape. He was ready to play. He was ready to go. I'm not worried about Ezekiel Elliott not being able to handle a workload, not being able to be in shape when he comes back from Cabo. I'm not. So having that in mind, he's not a guy who's going to need training camp in order to be performing at the top of his game. Now having said that, would it be nice that at least if he came back maybe a week or two before. Yeah, it would just to get going with the team just so it's not such an influx, just so it's not such a controversial thing. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. He could sign the day before the first week of the season and start that Sunday and still be the bell cow back that we've all known and love and be highly productive. He doesn't need it. He could just easily just show up for that first week of practice. So it's really not going to be a big deal even if he waits all the way till. Then I'm still not worried about Ezekiel Elliott as of this moment to play this season and to start playing for week one. Some other news, some interesting news Colts claimed Dante Foreman off of waivers. Now, Spencer Ware got hurt, he did get an injury settlement, and that's what they were looking to do to get him off the team. Why do they bring a Donta Foreman when they have a bunch of running backs? Well. You need somebody to play behind Marlon Mack. That's that's number one. Na'im Hines is not that guy. Na'im Hines is there to be the passing passing down back. He's not there to be a true backup to Marlon Mack. It's not what he's there for. That's why they had brought in guys like Spencer Ware. That's why they still have Jordan Wilkins. But the reason you claim Donta Foreman is not just because you want to replace Spencer Ware in training camp. But also, he's a younger guy who has some upside as far as talent goes, depending on where he's at exactly with that Achilles injury. And from everything I have heard to this point is that pretty much if they can find somebody suitable, they are willing to cut and move on from Jordan Wilkins. And I think that this move pretty much solidifies that notion. So for Jordan Wilkins, in order for him to make this team, Dante Foreman better not be up the snuff at the end of the day and it better have been because he's immature and that's why Houston cut him not because he's not performing well in the field anymore with the Achilles injury I'm not sure. I have not been able to personally watch too much of Texans training camp, and we haven't seen the first preseason games yet. So knowing exactly where Dante Foreman is, how explosive he looks, is something that we don't know. That's only something we can know from coaches, from beat writers. And I hadn't heard too much about his performance. It had been up and down, but as far as the explosiveness, as far as whether he looks healthy, there really surprisingly had not been a lot of talk about one way or another. Not enough to be able to go on. So I just think this move is interesting in the fact of I think Jordan Wilkins is about to be moved on from, if not this season, then definitely by next year. So I thought that was interesting. Keeping with the Colts for latest news, Andrew Luck has been out of practice now for a while with the calf issue. This calf issue sprung up back in April. He did start off training camp practicing and then he said he felt a twitch, felt like he aggravated it again. He has not been in practice since it's been well over a week at this point. And he's not he's not expected to practice at all this week. So it's going to be 2 weeks now. Now, you can say to yourself, well, there's still 3 weeks away before the season starts, and that is true. And from everything we have heard, this is not supposed to be a major injury of sorts. He's not expected as of now to miss week 1 but this is Andrew Luck we're talking about. We've heard this before. So it just comes with some hesitancy as a owner when it comes to Andrew Luck really truly being able to believe that he's going to be okay. Because we were told for how long that he's coming back from the shoulder surgery. He's coming back from the shoulder surgery. And it was an entire year before he came back. Now, I don't think this is on that level. I don't think that this is the same case. But what I am saying is that you have to take what the Colts and what Andrew Luck are telling you as far as a timeline goes with injuries that he has been out for a while with, with a grain of salt. Can't trust it. Keep your eye on this situation. I tend to lean that he will be ready to go week one, but without knowing exactly what the calf issue is, because if it is a strain, he would have been over it by now. It would not still be lingering from April. So I, I think we're not getting all of the information as of this moment. I do think it's significant that it will be two weeks before he's even possibly practicing again. I put possibly in quotes. So something to keep your eye on as you're going through these drafts. I personally, as we will get into this episode, I personally have Andrew Luck up there on my board. And I'm going to talk about exactly how high up there. But it is something just to monitor, but because we're so early on in August, I'm not gonna overreact and then just drop him down yes as of yet. Because like I said, we still do have three weeks till the season. It's just something to keep an eye on right now. Last piece of latest news. <laughs> There's no timetable right now for Antonio Brown. That just came out earlier tonight, earlier Wednesday night, that Antonio Brown does not have a timetable for return due to the morons frostbitten feet. Uh, I don't know what possessed you to put flip-flops on in a cryotherapy chamber session. Why you thought that would be a good idea, I'm not sure. Uh, a moron move, to say the least. I don't like calling people morons. I lie. I do. I do. But this was a moron move by Antonio Brown. And I don't... <laughs> like. It's just very really funny to me. So and it's great because hard Knox just played the other night and we got to you know we got to see him he is running. he's able to run in a straight line, which is why I think at the end of the day he will be there for week one. I just think it's definitely disheartening that while he does not necessarily need training camp for him to be ready to play because it's a new quarterback, because it's a new system, it would be nice if he was out there getting chemistry with his new teammates to make you feel good about going into the season. Now, at the end of the day, he's still Antonio Brown. He's still going to be the number one target. He's still going to be Derek Carr's favorite guy to go to. He's still going to be the featured weapon in the offense. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to have this situation become something that makes me go from having Antonio Brown earlier on in the third round to, like, he is a fourth-round guy now. That's, That's not going to happen. He's too talented for that. And I think the third round, frankly... Is too low. I think he he should be in the second round. And I know in some platforms he is, but in a lot of platforms right now, he's going in the early third round 10-12 team leagues. I think that's a steal there. This is still probably the best wide receiver in football. So even though it's not the Steelers offense, it doesn't mean he's suddenly going to fall off a cliff. We'll see with the frostbitten feet. It's very strange. I do think it is a good sign that he's at least able to sprint in a straight line, just having a hard time with breaks right now. And I'm sure they'll be able to figure something out before week one of the season. But definitely something to monitor, especially with the news of there being no timetable as of now for a return. All right, that's going to wrap up the latest news. We're going to have a break right here, come back with the five best quarterbacks, and get the episode kicked off and started. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. Hi, I'm Maria.
0: And I'm Mike. And we're Team
1: team ready. Ready. Now, just a quick explainer onto how I came to the conclusion of the names that I put on for this episode is, once again, I took the average ADP of all the different formats, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, NFL, Fantasy Pros, you name it, any major platform. I took the consensus ADP for all of those guys and compared them to my rankings. Now, with the five bests in this segment, it's just, it's my five best. There's no real comparison here. I'm just gonna give you what my top five at the position are. When we get into the busts and sleepers, that's where you're gonna see the comparison of my rankings and my projections to the ADP of those players will come more into play and we'll get in that as we go along. But just wanted to remind you guys of all of that. Now, let's start this off with number five, shall we? Andrew Luck. We just talked about him in the latest news segment. He is my number 5 quarterback heading into this season. Look, like I said with the calf injury issue, that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on, without a doubt. But at the end of the day, Andrew Luck has a plethora of weapons. Not just a plethora of weapons, but fast. He's got speed everywhere on the field this year, not just in T.Y. Hill. Now, I'm not a huge Paris Campbell fan, but I do believe that Andrew Luck is a good enough quarterback where you give him the speed and the playmaker of a Paris Campbell, he will be able to amplify his ability. And that doesn't mean that I think Paris Campbell is going to be a great flyer in fantasy football because I don't for redraft leagues, but it does help Andrew Luck. Jack Doyle coming back helps Andrew Luck. Having both of his tight ends be able to go to, not just Ebron, having that tight end who can block and then flare out after his block, kind of like how Gronk was always open all the time, yeah, he has that guy in Jack Doyle, he's back again. Having Devin Funchess is probably one of the best moves the Colts did this offseason to help Andrew Luck out. I love him on the outside. I love him for an extra red zone threat. He doesn't just have to look to Ebron when they get inside the 20. He's going to have Devin Funches to go to as well. He has a perfect complement of weapons all over the field, quite frankly. Marlon Mack, look, we know Marlon Mack flashes. We know he's going to be good to go. He just has to stay healthy. And you give Andrew Luck an actual consistent explosive running game behind him, play action is there all day long. Sky's the limit for Andrew Luck. He has all the weapons and the right offensive coach that he needs to be able to be in the top five and compete with all of those guys. He is somebody who's consistently going to get you that 18 to 20 points week in and week out with some 30-point games. That is your guy, but he has one of the highest floors out of any of the quarterbacks this year, and that is why he's my number five. Number four is Matt Ryan. For a lot of similar reasons. Look, I like these guys when they play in a dome. And Matt Ryan and the Falcons are going to play 13 games in a dome. Now, I am not somebody who sits there and looks at the schedule and tells you that who the opponent that a team is playing in Week 10 is something of note. Because we don't know what the teams are going to be at that point in the season. We have injuries. We have teams who are going to underperform. We have teams who are going to overperform. We have all that every single year, so that's why I don't put a lot of stock into the schedule. Not a ton, maybe a little bit if I'm, you know, if I'm going between two players and I need a tiebreaker, maybe there. But I don't put a lot of stock into looking at the schedule, especially down the road. But I do put a lot of stock in the fact that the Falcons are going to play thirteen games inside because that's a huge difference for, difference for them. It doesn't matter if they're home or away. This team in a dome anywhere is an incredibly explosive, hard-to-stop team. And you give them 13 games in the Dome with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, who's going to do, who's expected to take a jump up in his year two. You still have Muhammad Sanu. You still have Austin Hooper. You have Devontae Freeman back and healthy and in his old system with Derek Cutter, where he's going to get thrown the ball more as well there too. Matt Ryan has all the weapons he needs around him. And, The one thing Matt Ryan has that he has not had since being an Atlanta Falcon is an offensive line. This is going to be one of the top eight, possibly five, offensive lines in the NFL this season between the draft picks that they made and the free agency signings that they acquired. That's going to be a huge difference for this offense in general. He's going to have all the time in the world, play action is going to be there, and he has all of his weapons. This is going to be sky's the limit for Matt Ryan as well to duplicate what he did a year ago, which was be a top three quarterback. There's no reason you shouldn't be there again. Number three, number three, I have Deshaun Watson. It's pretty simple with Deshaun Watson. Look, he doesn't have the greatest offensive line. It's true, but because this guy can throw for four thousand yards and rush for five to six hundred and give you four to six rushing touchdowns with a passing touchdown total in the high 20s, maybe low 30s, if Will Fuller and Keith Kute were to ever stay healthy along with DeAndre Hopkins. It's possible. Those guys would have to stay healthy, which has been something that's been very hard to this point to do, but it's possible. The potential is there, but he's going to have a safe floor because of the rushing. Last year, Fuller was out. Kute was out for most of the year. He went back to having pretty much just Hopkins all year long behind a terrible offensive line. He got hit and sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL. He still finished, still finished as the number two and three quarterback. Depending on what scoring format you're in. And when I mean that, I mean with turnovers. Because there's some leagues out there that don't calculate turnovers in the same way. Which actually brings me to a good point. So when you go through my projections and my rankings, I am calculating it in the standard way, which is... Turnovers are minus two. Interceptions are minus two. Fumbles are minus two. So just keep that in mind as you're going through the projections and the rankings. They are the industry standard way of scoring and projecting. So just a little tidbit for you there. Deshaun Watson finished top three, and he had every reason not to. He didn't even have as promising of a season as he does look to have this season. Now look, Fuller and Kute could still get hurt. The offensive line is still not good. But what we saw from him last year, I feel pretty good about, is his floor. It is his floor. Number two, I have Aaron Rodgers. I know. This seems to be a very controversial, topsy-turvy one. Not in the sense of a lot of people think that he doesn't belong in the top five, but it seemingly has come to a time where a lot of people do not believe he can be number two anymore. I'm not a Matt LaFleur fan. I made that pretty clear in the Coaching Changes Fantasy Impact series that I am not a Matt LaFleur fan. However, I just don't see how this offense could be as dysfunctional as it was a season ago under Mike McCarthy. It would be very difficult to do because that's how bad it was. Mar- Marquez valdez scaling is going into year two and developing into a better wide receiver. Jerome Allison was already a pretty solid wide receiver, and then he got hurt. And he only played five games in the season. So now if you take him, you put him in the slot, a guy who I think is a very good route runner. You have Marquez Valdez scaling on the opposite side of Devontae Adams, who is a big down-the-field threat in his own right, which means safeties cannot sit there and double Devontae Adams all the time. Can't do it. Not with those weapons on the other side. It opens the door. And you have Devontae Adams, who's proven to be one of the superstar wide receivers in this league. Aaron Rodgers is going to play better than he season ago. That was one of his worst seasons as far as touchdowns go. He should have more yards. He should get back into the 30s in touchdowns. And he's never been a guy who's thrown a ton of interceptions to begin with. Now, last year was crazy how low his interception total was. But he's never been a guy who's thrown a lot of picks anyway, so you're not really ever worried about turnovers. And Aaron Rodgers, because he was injured, ran less last year than he did any other year. I expect that to change as well. He's always been a guy who's been good for a few touchdowns in the red zone to run it in himself. He does take off and move the chains more often. And this year, now that he's healthy, he's going to be able to do that. We can go back to seeing Aaron Rodgers of old, who does take off and run every once in a while. And that, to me, is going to be the big key difference as to why he gets back to being the number two quarterback in fantasy football. Patrick Mahomes is number one. This shouldn't be a question. Look, all of these guys out there who are trying to say, well, Patrick Mahomes is going to go through regression, and as a result, they seem to want to have Patrick Mahomes not be their quarterback one. I don't know if they're just trying to do it thinking in their minds that they will be different and not doing so, or if they have some bold idea, or whatever the case may be, because it's everywhere. Now, there's, there's definitely some, like me, who still put Patrick Mahomes number one, but there's a good amount out there who are trying to say he's not going to be the QB one. That's asinine flat-out asinine. Tyreek Hill is no longer going to be suspended. Do you know what that means? That means you're going to go back to the offense that you had a year ago. Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, however that situation plays itself out. Patrick Mahomes heading into his second year starting, third year in the league. You think he's not going to get better? Now, I'm not saying his numbers are going to be 50 touchdowns like they, and almost 5,000 yards like they were a season ago. That could come down or over 5,000 yards, but if it's 4,700 yards to 4,900 yards, if it's you know 10 less touchdowns to 12 less touchdowns, 38 to 40, that's still going to be QB one. And the biggest thing that we had did not see out of Patrick Mahomes a season ago that he does have the ability to do, by the way, is run. He's fast. He ran a four-six, guys. There's not some slow dude back there. He didn't take off and run because that's how good he was throwing the football. He gets in situations he can use his legs, too, and I expect to see his rushing tush- tud- totals go up a little bit more than they were a season ago. So I don't get this whole, yes, yes, his numbers are going to regress because they are video game numbers. There's only three quarterbacks in history to throw 50 touchdown passes in a single season. Yes, his numbers are going to regress in that sense. That doesn't mean he won't be the QB1. He could have lost 12 touchdowns last year and been the QB1. So just keep that in mind. Do you, in standard 10, 12 team, half point, full point PPR leagues, do you want to draft in the second round? Probably not. Because there's no need to really take a quarterback that high. He would have to really throw for 50 touchdowns again in order for you to get return back on your investment in that situation. But back into the third round, fourth round, yeah, pull the trigger. QB won. There's no reason he's not going to beat. The speed on that team alone. I don't know what Hardman's going to get them from a statistical perspective as far as, as that goes as a rookie wide receiver. But his speed alone being added on the t- on the field is a-, a third receiver who can run a 4-3, borderline a 4-2. What defense in the league has the amount of speed that they have to match up with with that Chiefs offense between Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and Hardman? Who? Who has that speed? And then you got Travis Kelsey on top of it? They're going to be just fine. This is still going to be the number one offense in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is still going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy football. There's no reason to even doubt that. We're going to take a quick break right here. Come back on the other side. We're going to have the five bus quarterbacks for you. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. So the five bus is where we do need to talk about How I kind of went about doing this with my rankings and the ADP average rankings from across all the platforms. And basically, what I went around looking for, and you can imagine it's pretty much common sense, is you know, what guys do I have ranked and projected much lower than, you know, the average ADP consensus from all the platforms? Now, with the quarterback position, it was a little bit more difficult. And really, at the end of the day, I have to say, I probably only have actually four busts. I don't really have five but I did make the list five and I think at the end of the day we'll make the conversation at least interesting and I plan on getting lynched a little bit on Twitter and on Facebook but that's fine. That's why we do this right? To have the conversation to, to bang it all out before our draft so we all are in agreement or at least have a good idea and a logical argument in our head as to why we like or dislike certain players so it's all good and I expect to get a lot of pushback on this list in particular because I have a couple names on there that I think people are going to kill me for. But I'm okay with it, and I have the arguments for you as to why. And that's the whole point. So a couple of these guys in here weren't huge drop-offs. Like I said, with quarterback position, there's just there's not as many guys to choose from. Uh, there's not as many guys playing. so doing five best five bust, five sleepers it's a little more difficult at times to get those guys when we go to running backs when we go to wide receivers especially since they those rankings and projections drastically change from you know standard the half point the full point ppr we'll have a lot to talk about that and a lot of those guys will be more significantly lower or when we get to the sleepers higher and that'll be something to really be able to compare we do have a few for the quarterbacks though and five busts, starting off with my number five, meaning my least of the five busts. And by the way, before I say it, I know, cliffhanger, but before I say it, just because I call you a bust does not mean I think you're going to suck this season. So definitely want to put that qualifier out there before I, I say this list. It doesn't mean I think you're going to suck. I just say, all I'm saying is that I think that you're going to perform lower than Than the ADP that you are currently at. Sometimes, in some players, in some situations, it does mean I think you're going to suck. And I will be sure to tell you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino
0: this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the
1: actual voice of a winner. The difference. But in this situation, for my number five quarterback, it's more of I expect to him to perform lower than what his average ADP is across the platforms, and that is Baker Mayfield. Yep, I said it. Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, one of the most hyped guys going into this season, one of the most loved guys going into this season for fantasy football purposes, and if you're a Cleveland Browns fan for your franchise purposes is number 5 on my bust list. Now, this would be the guy that I was saying that I kind of put on here just to make it 5, but we'll go with it. So right now, his average ADP across all the platforms is 5th overall. 68, is well, I'm sorry, 5th out of the quarterback position, 68th overall out of all the players. So basically, the average ADP is saying that they expect Baker Mayfield to be in the top 5 of quarterbacks. I obviously do not agree. I have him number 9. He's QB 9 to me. Now, I'm still saying Baker Mayfield's going to be a top 10 quarterback. I'm still saying he's going to be a QB 1. So I want to make sure that point is clear before I get too much feedback on this on the social media. Because I'm still saying he's going to be good. I'm still saying he's going to be a starter for you week in and week out. I'm not saying he's going to suck because he has too many weapons to suck. But I do think this idea that he's going to be number five is a slap in the face to the other quarterbacks that I have in front of him, and a lot for good reasons. Look, Baker Mayfield, yes, he's heading into his second season with Freddie Kitchens, where he played really well in the second half of the year. But the big Achilles heel that comes with Baker Mayfield is the turnovers. He had a lot of turnovers last year, and he didn't play a full 16-game season. And I have him projected for 17 interceptions alone this season. And that's a big reason why I have him coming back down to number 9. I actually have him scoring, I believe, either 6th or 5th in passing touchdowns out of the quarterbacks. But because of the turnovers that that are going to happen, because he does have a gunslinger mentality, he is in a more aggressive offense than most. He's going to be throwing the ball down the field a lot. It's going to work a lot. He's also going to get picked off quite a bit throughout the season. He is going to average a little over an interception per game. That is going to happen. He's going to have games where he throws three picks in a game. It's just set up that way. His mentality and this offense, it's just set up that that's going to happen. And it's something you have to keep in mind. Plus, on top of it, look, he has a ton of weapons. This is true. But he still had games last year where he only threw for 225 yards. It wasn't all pie in the sky all the time. Like I said, I'm not trying to make a big argument here that he's going to be a bad player. Again, like I said, I have him number 9, QB9. I still have him in the top 10. He's 88th overall for me, meaning in 10-team leagues, he's a 9th rounder. In 12-team leagues, he's an 8th rounder. Or, I'm sorry, a 10th rounder. Like, just relax. I still have him pretty good. But I don't believe he will be a top 5 quarterback this season. Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, all those guys I listed off to as my top 5 best quarterbacks, I don't see a scenario... And which Baker Mayfield eclipsed those guys this year. I don't see it. I love Odell Beckham, but this is still a new wide receiver going to a new place in a new system. Sometimes it takes a little while to get the chemistry going and to get on the same page. We've seen it time and time again. I don't know why Antonio Brown, besides the... Besides the drop-off from Ben Roberts for Derek Carr, which there is one, one of the biggest drop-offs I see when people talk about Antonio Brown is the fact that he's going to a new system, a new place. But no one seems to care about that when they talk about Odell Beckham. Some of it is warranted. I understand the argument to some of it as to why you wouldn't care as much. But to not care at all is a little odd to me even if it is in a promising system with a aggressive offensive coordinator in a promising offense. I get all that, but it's still a new place in a new system, and sometimes it can take a little bit of while before you can hit the ground running. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. QB 9, not QB 5. Number 4 on the list, Sam Darrell. This one's a more of a, eh, I know, but his ADP is 26. I have him ranked at 30th. Yeah, I have him ranked at 30th. I have guys who are not expected to play 16 games this season ranked ahead of Sam Darnold. There's a lot of reasons as to why. A lot of reasons as to why. And the reason I even kind of bring Sam Darnold up in this situation because I don't think a lot of people, or hopefully nobody, will be drafting Sam Darnold. I do think he's going to be on the list for a lot of people as a waiver, as a possible streamability quarterback. Remember, it wasn't that long ago. It was just back in the spring that some people thought he could be a top 10. Some people thought he was going to take the leap this year to be a superstar. And that was after we knew about Adam Gase being the head coach. So it wasn't that long ago that Sam Darnold was getting a lot of hype. Now, a lot of people have cooled off since then, which is good. So now he's not getting drafted like he maybe would have had this been the springtime. But I do think a lot of people are still going to have him on their waiver wire list for streamability. And I no, don't do it. Don't do it. I know he had a nice little run there at the end of the season where he was competent and that's fine. Adam Gase is going to make him a dink and nun quarterback. There's not going to be a lot of room there. I know there's been a lot of reports right now coming out that Robbie Anderson's running a full receiver tree and Adam Gase is moving him all around. And guess what? I used to hear about that all the time. I used to hear that about Devonte Parker at this time in training camp. You know, the guy Adam Gase refused to play outside of last year, last year, Adam Gase made it clear that he had no love for Devontae Parker anymore. But all the years leading up to that, all I heard was Devontae Parker's all over the place. Devontae Parker's moving over here. Devontae Parker's moving over there. Season time comes. Where's Devontae Parker? Nowhere. Adam Gase doesn't use the outside wide receivers. He only uses the slot guys. Jamison Crowder. Quincy Inunua, who hurt his groin in practice BTW. We don't know how long he's going to be out. That's what he does. Checkdowns to the running back. Le'Veon Bell. But that doesn't mean, that means there's not going to be a ton of upside for Stan Darnold to be able to go to. Even though Robbie Anderson is probably one of the best deep ball flyers in the entire league, he's going to be utilized like Kenny Stills, which means once every five games, he might have a big game. It's not going to be good enough. So Stan Darnold shouldn't even be on your streamability list. Number three, and this is the one where I think I'm definitely going to hear about it on Twitter and on Facebook. And frankly, I can't wait because... This is one I'm standing tall on. Kyler Murray is my number three bust of my quarterback position. He really could have been my number one, but he's my number three bust on a quarterback position. His ADP is 12. Overall, he's going 103rd. But more importantly, fixating on the quarterback position, his ADP is QB 12. So if you're in a 12-team league, he's a starter week in and week out for you by that ADP. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I am sick and tired of hearing all of this love and hype for Kyler Murray. He's a rookie quarterback going into a rookie head coach offensive system out of college. That we've seen before, by the way. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not like when Chip Kelly came into the league. So, call your jets on that one. We've seen the air raid before. It's a bad offensive line. It's a receiving core that, outside of Larry Fitzgerald, is full of rookie wide receivers and one second-year wide receiver. It's a team that does not have a proven tight end. Charles Clay has been done and over the hill for years. Ricky Seals-Jones has had, had his opportunities to prove that he can be a playmaker on the field and has not been able to do so and so far has been nothing more than an athlete. He has David Johnson. Yeah, He's David Johnson, he's got Larry Fitzgerald. Josh Rosen had David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Now look, the offensive system, the offensive coaching is going to be you know, night and day better than it was a season ago, rookie or not. I, I'm not saying it won't be. But I'm saying there's a lot of concerns here. Kyler Murray's going to throw a lot of turnovers. Again, it's a, it's a similar system to with Baker Mayfield. That I talked about. It's an aggressive system. It's a system that's going to make him throw a lot of turnovers. On top of him being a rookie, so it's just a natural inclination that he's going to have a higher total of interceptions in his rookie season. So that's number one. I have him for a lot of fumbles. He's a small guy running run around all the time. He's going to get some strip sacks from behind. He's not going to see some things. He's going to fumble the ball. So I have him being a little bit of a turnover machine this year. So that's number one. Number two, he's not going to run for 1,000 yards. And I am sick and tired of the people who are sitting there like he's Michael Vick. He's not. He's not. He's not Michael Vick with the Patrick Mahomes passing ability. That's not what he is. He's not baby Jesus. So we need to stop acting like he is. He hasn't even played a game in the NFL, and I have to hear about how this guy is somehow the savior. I'm sick of it. Sick of it. Sick of it. Sick of it. There's a lot of things on this Cardinal team that's Not good. Not good. Will Kyler Murray have a stretch like Josh Allen, like I talked about before, where will have like three games where he goes over 30 points? Yes, I expect that to happen at some point during the season. If you can nail down when that's going to happen in the season, my hat is off to you. My hat is off to you. Outside of when they get to play San Francisco, because that's a little too obvious. But yeah, he's probably going to have a stretch of three games, maybe four, where he's going to have like the 25 and 30 point games. That'll happen. Because he does have dual threat ability. He does have an aggressive offense. So it will set up that way. But the majority of the time, that's not going to be the case. Best ball leagues, DFS, you want to take the shot on him? Go right ahead. Absolutely. Redraft? No way. Not on a week-to-week basis. Not with him being my only quarterback on the roster. If you are going to take the flyer on Kyler Murray, just do yourself a favor and get another quarterback with a safe floor that you can pair with him. So in certain matchups that don't look promising, you can go to that other quarterback. I'm fine with that. I'm fine if you want to platoon him. But when you're saying that this guy is expected to perform as a top 12 quarterback, which in 12 team leagues would mean a quarterback one week in and week out, that means you're saying that you could play him and he could be an expected starter and put up expected starter numbers for you on a week in, week out basis, meaning you don't necessarily have to have another quarterback. And to that, I say false. Absolutely, positively false. And the numbers are there. Look, they could be drastically better than they were a season ago. Do you really think that this Arizona Cardinals offense is going to be as good as it was under Bruce Arians this season? I don't. The offensive line still sucks. They're not going to put up that high on numbers. They're going to be somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. Make some QB 21, which is where I have them. Can't wait to hear about that on social media after this episode's over. Number two on my list is Drew Brees. Now, this one, it's a little bit tighter, but the reason I have him number two is because his ADP right now has him as QB7, and that would suggest that he's not just a starting quarterback in 10-12 team leagues every single week. He's a high-end one, and that, I would argue. I have him ranked 11th, going 98 overall. So, I think 10-team, 12-team leagues, he is QB1, 10-team leagues, he's teetering on that back-end territory. But he's another guy who I would rather have him pair up with somebody. I would rather have somebody who, anytime he's going to be on the road or outside of a dome, I want to be able to play somebody else. And it's not all just because of Drew Brees, by the way. If you really watch these these games and you watch what Sean Payton does, he calls a different game when the Saints are on the road. He plays much more conservative, much more I want to ground and pound, run the clock out, play with my defense when he's on the road. When he's home, he's all about bringing it wide open, being aggressive. So it's not all Drew Brees' fault when it comes to that home road split, but regardless, either way, it still results in bad production on the road. So I don't know how you can have a guy who eight games out of the season, or I should say seven games out of the season, because I will play him against the Falcons in Atlanta because that's in the dome, so I will do that. So seven games out of the season where I'm going to want to think about benching you and have him be QB7 overall. Those two things just don't go hand-in-hand together. Yes, they added Jared Cook with Michael Thomas, and that was a good weapon to have, but as I talked about before, just because Jared Cook had a really good year last year, A, it was inconsistent even last year, but B, that's the first good year he's had throughout the entire season and how long. Do we really think that that's exactly what Jared Cook was, what we saw a season ago? Or is he going to revert back to what he used to be, which is a huge disappointment? I don't know. I still don't love whoever the other receiver is going to wind up being with Mike, uh, on the other side of Michael Thomas, whether it's Trey Quinn or Teggit. I don't love either one of them. So it's still going to be predominantly you have Michael Thomas, you have Alvin Kamara. And while that's great for them... And while Drew Brees can compete for a top 10 quarterback spot, it doesn't really put him in the position to definitely be inside the top 10, which is where they have him. And can set you up to fail on quite a bit of games. So that's why I have him number two. My number one bust is Russell Wilson. Few reasons here. Russell Wilson, A, he always has a shitty September. Four games, right off the bat, you can't play Russell Wilson. You can't play him in September. You can't start off the season with the guy that you took as your QB1. His ADP is QB8, overall going 86. I have him ranked at 14th, 104 overall. 14th. I have him throwing for 30 touchdowns, and I still have him ranked 14th. That should tell you something. That means he has a floor, he does, between his rushing ability and the fact that he just has a knack for throwing a good amount of touchdowns throughout the season, even when it makes no sense because none of the, none of the numbers line up when it comes to Russell Wilson. The, the average time that they get into the red zone and he throws a, he throw, he throws a touchdown, it, his average touchdown per pass is way higher than everybody else's. It's way higher. But he doesn't have the yards to go with that. He's not, he's not going to throw for 4,000 yards. It's not going to happen. And his rushing t- his totals have been uneven the past couple of years. He's the number one guy. He is in the mid of all the quarterbacks. 14th. 14th. You're QB2. They have him at QB8 overall, making him well within the top 10. So it's a similar situation with Drew Brees where I have these guys rated, let's say, ahead of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is probably the guy I have the biggest difference on as far as where his ADP is and where my rank for him is. But at the same time, it's still at 12. You're still at that teetering Situation where you might draft a second quarterback just based off the ADP there. I'm telling you, you have to, but you might do it on your own even if I wasn't here to tell you. These guys, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, these guys, you're taking them with the expectation you're going to start them week in and week out. I'm telling you, you can't do that. Can't play Russell Wilson in September. I don't know. I don't know what, how many years in a row he has to suck in September for you guys not to play him and not and not to draft him as your lone quarterback. But I guess it has to be a, one more year again. I don't know. But you can't play him. He doesn't do well until October, November, December, and then yes, you can play him then. That's when he picks up his game. But he doesn't have this crazy potential. He's been solid year in and year out. But last year he finished outside the top ten. Just something to think about. Just something to think about. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back on the other side talk about my five quarterback sleepers. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. Now, this is the segment that everyone has the most anticipation for, and that is the sleepers. Everybody wants to know who's the sleeper. Who's a guy that I can get for a value that no one else is going to be able to get and be able to way outperform his expectation from the average ADP? That's all everybody wants to know. So I got a good list for you here. And I'm pretty proud of it. And I think that if you abide by this list, you are going to get some great value out of the quarterback position. Starting off with number five, Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson, oddly enough, is not that far of a sleeper as far as my rankings compared to his ADP. His ADP is quarterback 18, 129 overall. My ranking for him is 15, 105 overall. So it's not a huge difference, but it's a little bit higher. And the main thing that I want to bring up here is why I'm putting Lamar Jackson as my number five sleeper quarterback is because he's a guy who has a path and a reasonable expectation to be able to outperform not just the average ADP, but my ranking as well. This is a guy with his rushing stats alone. Everyone wants to talk about Kyler Murray rushing the football. Lamar Jackson. And Cam Newton are probably the only two quarterbacks to have a legitimate shot at rushing over a hundred times this season. How much over a hundred times can be called into question, but there's a very good chance Lamar Jackson is the number one rushing quarterback as at least, at least as far as attempts go. Most likely yards and touchdowns as well. Now, I expect him to take a little bit of a step up when it comes to being able to throw the football. And all reports out of training camp have echoed that sentiment. Everything has been that he has improved, that his arm looks much stronger, he has much better footwork. Look, Lamar Jackson ran a pro-style system in Louisville. He looked good doing it. He didn't have this baby arm that everybody tries to make him out to have, and he had much better footwork. I was definitely disappointed with his footwork. That was the biggest thing in his rookie season, which led to him floating balls that he should have been floating, not coming down with his throwing motion as he was trying to get spin on the ball. So there certain things was fundamentals that he definitely had to go back to. But I think he always had that in him. And I don't think it took much for Greg Roman to be able to coach those things back out of him. So with Lamar Jackson, look, the biggest thing as far as running the football too, though, is that his best weapons are rookie wide receivers. So it's not great there. Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, they're most likely going to be the top two receivers of the Ravens this year. Not a great situation. What is a great situation is Mark Andrews, the tight end position with Hayden Hurst. Lamar Jackson was actually very accurate over the middle part of the field when throwing to his tight ends last year. I expect that to continue, and now with Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst taking a step up, being more healthy this season, I expect them to be real weapons. So, you know, we'll get into Mark Andrews and the tight ends and the sleepers and all that stuff later on. But he goes a long way in helping out Lamar Jackson, especially in the red zone when passing the football. And the other thing about Lamar Jackson, keep in mind, he's not nearly as turnover-prone as a lot of the other dual-threat quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Cam Newton. He doesn't throw nearly as many picks. He didn't last year, and he, wasn't, he was on pace for only to have nine interceptions had he played the entire season. I have him throwing eight in this season. Eight picks, that's it. So it helps him keep establish that floor because I still only have him throwing for 18 touchdowns, but I have him rushing for about six to seven. I have him about six to seven hundred yards rushing with over 100 carries. This is a guy who he may not give you a lot of big games this year, maybe not any big games, but this is a guy who's going to get you 18 to 20 points. Week in and week out. And he's going to have a floor that you're going to be able to count on. Is he a guy who I want to play as my QB one week in and week out? No, because I want to have somebody in there who has potential to get me big games every so often. But is he the perfect guy to compliment somebody who you maybe took a chance on for that position? Like a Jameis Winston? I think so. I think so. Lamar Jackson is that guy who you can just Money in the bank, I know that if I have a matchup with another quarterback that I don't like, I can plug you in. Or I know that if I have a really great team because I have great depth and great top talent at the wide receiver and running back position, I can plug you in a quarterback, you will get me my 18 points, and that will be enough for me to win the majority of my matchups. That's what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. And if he is just a little bit better in his passing production than he was a season ago, he will finish as a top 12 quarterback. He will. He would have been on pace last year to do it if he just threw a little bit better, a little bit better. I expect him to be a little bit better this season. So this is the guy who could really be a sleeper for you. My number four is Dak Prescott. A lot of people are sleeping on Dak Prescott. I'm a little bit surprised by this. Look, he's going to have Amari Cooper back. When he had Des Bryant, Dak Prescott finished as a top 10 quarterback, usually right about that 10 spot, but as a top 10 quarterback every year in fantasy football. He gets Amara Cooper towards the last half of last year. We saw what just Amara Cooper's presence, a competent, outside, good wide receiver, could do for that offense and specifically for Dak Prescott. He's not going to be great. He's not going to have all these huge games, but he's going to run a little bit. And he's going to be able to throw a little bit. And kind of like Lamar Jackson, it's going to give him a floor week in and week out. The difference with Dak is that he has... More potential for those bigger games that you would want to look for out of a quarterback starter week in and week out. He has that potential. He's going to be in a new offensive system which is going to invoke more run pass options, which is perfect for Dak because the one thing about Dak Prescott that I think has been vastly overlooked is that to this point, the Cowboys really have not utilized him properly when it comes to his rushing ability. They haven't put that really into their game plans enough to let him just be a playmaker, make it easy on yourself open up those play action rollouts give you those one-on-one down the fields give you those scramble drills they don't really do that with Dak Prescott it's always been shocking to me I expect them to do that more now that Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator so he really should be somewhere around that QB 10 which will make him a quarterback 1 in 10 and 12 team leagues his ADP right now is 17 I have him ranked 12 so I'm much higher on Dak Prescott Carson Wentz is number three. I am tired of hearing about Carson Wentz being injury-prone. He had two major injuries that were very flukish in the way they happened and happened on contact. It wasn't non-contact injuries. His muscles and ligaments were not worn too thin. He was hit on the football field. It happens. He's not injury-prone. Telling you right now, Carson Wentz is going to remind everybody, oh yeah, remember when I was well on my way to winning an MVP in my second season in the NFL? Yeah, we're back to that. Because not only is he healthy, not only does he have something to prove and has a chip on his shoulder right now because he was not the quarterback who won the Super Bowl and got hurt again last year. But this guy has weapons. Alshon Jeffrey back and healthy, ready to go week one. Added jordan howard to that backfield added miles sanders to that backfield dallas goder takes a step up this year still have zach ertz the guy i'm saving for last which is the most important addition to this offseason is deshaun jackson carson wentz even in his mvp season did not have an explosive weapon like deshaun jackson at any point in his career Just think about what having Deshaun Jackson, his ability to stretch the field with that big arm of Carson Wentz, who likes to throw the ball deep when he has the opportunity, how that will open up that offense. Safeties aren't going to be able to double cover Alshon Jeffrey. He's now going to get one-on-ones, and he's great on -on one-on-ones because he can win those jump ball matchups almost all the time, especially in the red zone. So that opens him up. That opens Zach Ertz and Dallas Goder up because now safety's not going to be able to squeeze it's going to be one-on-one coverage. One-on-one coverage everywhere with Deshaun Jackson taking the top off. You're going to have six men in the box. You're going to, be able to run play action. It's all going to be there. Carson Wentz is going to be another year, year removed from his injuries. He should be willing to run the football a little bit more and get back to scrambling a little bit more this season. Carson Wentz, I'm telling you, is going to be one of the best quarterbacks to have on your team, and he is somebody who, if I draft him, I am going to have him be my quarterback starter week in, week out, and I'm not going to feel like I need to take a second one. Not going to feel like I need to do it. His ADP right now is quarterback 985th overall. I have him quarterback 777th overall, which doesn't sound like a huge difference, but trust me, it is when you actually get down to it when you're taking these guys in the draft. It's a round difference, and a round difference can mean going from having an MVP quarterback to having to take flyers late. That can be the big difference. And Carson Wentz, while I have him ranked at 7, would not surprise me for one second if he had an opportunity to finish in the top five this season. Wouldn't surprise me. So keep that in mind as well. Number two sleeper, I have Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, his ADP is 15th. I have him as quarterback eight. Jameis Wentz, I, I know a lot, he's a common one. He's a common one because everyone's looking at Bruce Arians. Everyone's looking at the weapons. And it's all true. Sometimes the obvious is the truth. And in this case, that is the situation. Look, as far as Bruce Arians and Derek Cutter, their offensive systems are pretty similar to their aggressive pass-first offenses. So in that case, they're, they're kind of similar. Bruce Arians is a much better developer when it comes to the quarterback. Plain and simple. Much better developer. Much. Byron Leftwich used to be a quarterback on the pro level. I don't think he's the perfect guy to tutor a guy like James Winston too, by the way. As the offensive coordinator. Mike Evans is prime. Chris Godwin is about to enter his prime. You still have OJ Howard. You still have Cameron Breit. You still have no running game. So you're gonna have to throw the ball the majority of the time because frankly, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber are garbage. I don't love the fact that their offensive line is not very good. That is my one drawback to Jameis Winston. That is where he could come crashing down to what his average ADP is across the platforms. That's where I could see it because that offensive line does scare me. But the defense is going to be terrible, and you have no running game. So it's all going to be dependent upon that aerial attack for them to win football games, which means Winston's going to be a guy who's going to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. That kind of volume in that system with those weapons... I'm going to take my chances that Winston is going to be in the top 10 of quarterbacks more weeks than he's not. And at the end of the day, should put him in the top 10. My number one sleeper quarterback is Jared Goff. This one surprised me because I didn't think Jared Goff was a sleeper at this point. But clearly, clearly he is. Because the ADP has him as quarterback 11. I have him quarterback 6. They have him as a teeter starter a teeter starter did you watch last season i know they faltered off a little bit towards the end of the season but guess who else wasn't there todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is big for that passing game. And if you want to say, well, Todd Gurley has the knee thing. We're worried about Todd Gurley playing all 16 games. My retort to that is they drafted Daryl Henderson. So now they're not going to be going to a C.J. Anderson or a Malcolm Brown in the passing game, which guys who are not very good in those situations, they're going to have Daryl Henderson who can come in and fill that role. Because passing to the running back or having that check down to the running back is very important in this passing offense in general. You know who else he didn't have in the second half of the season? He didn't have Cooper Cup who is his favorite target, is his most dependable guy, especially in the red zone. He has him back now, too. How Jared Goff is is ADP 11, to me, is just disrespectful. It's, it's one. It's going to be one of the top five offenses. He has all the weapons in the world with Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley, Darrell Henderson. I don't get it. One of the best offensive minds in the game. And you have him as a borderline starting quarterback? Not even in a 10-team league? That's just ridiculous to me. So that's why he's my number one sleeper, because to me, of these guys on the list, while I might have a larger gap as far as my rankings for some of these other guys, when it comes to Jared Goff, he's the guy I look at and go like, well, this is the safest guy of these people in this list to get inside the top 10 and, in my book, be in the top 6. Without a doubt. We're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to end the episode on a mailbag segment, the first one of the year. We're going to be doing these mailbag segments in each of the episodes leading up into the season. And then we're going to do a couple in the season as well. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So let's take a quick break right here and come back with the mailbag segment. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate again that's overtimeheroics.com all right so we're gonna to have to go through this mailbag segment a little quickly We're about at that hour mark i don't want to go too much over to try to keep this convenient for you guys and your car rides the average car ride length being like a half hour one way so i try to keep this around an hour if i can but just real quick, this is the first mailbag segment that we are doing for this season. So I do want to go over it a little bit. I announced it on Twitter and on Facebook that this was going to be happening. It's kind of a last-second decision by me. I wanted to get this going, get this moving. So I am going to have a mailbag segment to end the episodes for this entire mini series. So when we do the running backs on Monday, we do the wide receivers on Thursday, and then we do the tight ends on the following Monday, I'm going to have mailbag segments. Um I'm not going to do an episode on defense and kickers. Nobody wants to listen to me talk for an hour on defense and kickers, you know, sleepers and busts and whatnot when it comes to that. So we're not going to do that. We're just going to do running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. How you can ask me questions, and this stays true throughout the season because, remember, during the season on Thursdays and Fridays during the preview episodes, I do a mailbag segment as well where I'll answer any fantasy question you have for me. It could be a start sit could be and in this in this part of the year a lot of its strategy valuing guys and stuff like that during the season trades you know whatever your fantasy question might be how something should work fab whatever whatever the case may be i am here for you and the way you can ask me all of these questions is you can tweet at me on twitter or dm me at mdsffshow you can hit me up on facebook posts or direct message me there as well at MDFF show. You can go to my website www.mdffshow.com, go to the contact us and you can send me a direct email. Now, the one thing I will always do is that anytime you answer you ask me a question, I will answer every question that I get asked. I promise you, I will get to you definitely without a doubt. The ones who I don't are usually the ones that I've chosen to be on the show. And I'll usually send you a comment saying your question will be answered on the show so that way you listen in and then you'll get the answer through here that's pretty much how i have this set up and how i have it working so today's going to be the first one i'm only going to go through a few i had a few more picked out so the ones that i didn't answer i told you to be on the show i will answer you later on i only want to get through a few here because like i said i don't want to go too much over here But that's how it's going to work in the future and throughout the season as well. So keep that in mind. That's another reason why you should be following me on all of my social media and checking out the website on a regular basis. All right, let's get to the first group of questions. So Clutch Crew Sports on Twitter asked me, Is it worth drafting Zeke and Melvin Gordon with their holdout situations? When do you think their holdouts will end? Is this another Le'Veon Bell situation? So we've been talking about this over the past few episodes for the most part in the latest news segments because I've been talking about Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon, their holdout, on what I think for the most part. And my position has not changed. I do truly still think that both of these guys will be there week one. Now, like I said, I believe it was last Monday's episode. I said that if you want me to choose between the two, which one I'm more confident in, I'm more confident that Zeke will be there week one than Melvin Gordon. But I still think they'll be there week one at the end of the day. Now, when this gets into the second and third week of August, so when the, so as we get if we get into the middle of next week and we get into the third week and contract deals have not been made and there's been no movement on either side of these negotiations for the players or for the teams— then I will start to worry about week one availability with these guys. So yes, Zeke and Melvin Gordon. And I assume when you say worth drafting, I assume you mean worth drafting at their current ADP. Because given a certain round with these two players, they're going to be worth drafting at some point in any draft. So the current ADP for these guys, you still have Zeke going in the top four. And you still have, you have Melvin Gordon now who's kind of all over the board depends on what platform you're in. Some platforms still have him in the back end of the first round because his ADP hasn't come down enough yet. Some of them already have him in the top end of the third round. Right now I would take Melvin Gordon somewhere in between. I would take him in the second round. If I have a mid second round pick and you know we're coming back and it's you know guys like James Conner and Dalvin Cook and Juju Smith-Schuster on the board and I could take Melvin Gordon. Right now, I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. Now, am I going to try to make a point to take Justin Jackson later on, who is the handcuff, by the way, not Austin Eckler? Yes. I will try to make sure that I keep in mind that around that 13, 14th round pick, I'm going to want to try to take Justin Jackson, just to be safe, just to be safe. But I'm going to take Melvin Gordon in the second round, because I know if he comes back week one, or I know when he comes back at all, he's going to perform as an RB1 and as a possible top six player overall when he's on the field because he catches the ball, he runs the ball, such an effective clip. Zeke, I'm still taking Zeke in the top four. I told you before, with Zeke, I honestly, if it's the fourth week in August, then I'll worry about Zeke. So I have a little bit of a longer timetable when it comes to Zeke. We could go into the third week of August. He could still not sign. I still wouldn't care. I'm very confident he's going to play week one. That offense revolves around Zeke. He's the one who has to make them go. I'm going to take him in the top four picks. That has not changed. I don't think either one of these are a Le'Veon Bell situation. For the simple fact that neither one of them can afford to hold out the entire season. Remember, Le'Veon Bell, his situation was he didn't sign his franchise tag. So he was going to be good to go the following season. With Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott, they're both still under contract for next year. So if they forfeit a year, they forfeit a year of free agency. They forfeit a year of where they could get paid. It's not a situation where they can not play this season and then hit free agency next year. That, That can't happen in either one of these situations. So both of these guys are going to have to play at some point. Tony asked, Does Antonio Brown's frostbitten feet drive his value down? still think this this whole situation is hilarious but so does the drive his value down my answer to that simply would be no and mostly because in most platforms antonio brown's adp right now is that early third round territory just ahead of mike evans or just below mike evans depending on what platform you're in but that early third round territory i'm not going to wait on antonio brown any longer than that Look, if everything being equal, I still like I said, I still think Antonio Brown belongs in the second round. I still think he belongs one spot ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster. Even with Derek Carr, even the Oakland Raiders offense, he still belongs one spot ahead. I still think as a talent he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's not going to be in the best fantasy situation. John Gruden, Derek Carr, yeah, I get it. It's not a terrible situation either. It's not as bad as people want to make it out to be. A lot of people just want to kill Derek Carr for everything, and I killed him along with everybody else last year too, but Let's not make a mistake. He wasn't Josh Allen back there, okay? So let's get a grip to some degree. It's gone a little bit too crazy in the negative way where it doesn't even make sense anymore, quite frankly. So Antonio Brown, his value should not be driven any lower in the third round. This is still going to be a guy who can be a wide receiver one, who can be a consistent playmaker for you in week in, week out. He's fine where he is. No, the Frostbitten Feet does not make it drive down to me. I know that, like I said in the latest news segment, they came out, they said he has no timetable to return, but until I'm told that he's going to miss weeks upon weeks in the regular season, I'm still operating under the notion that he's expected to be back for week one. And as long as that is the case, I don't really care about his Frostbitten Feet, to be honest, other than it's hysterical. Jason asks, which Rams wide receiver is the most valuable at their current ADP? That's a great question because these guys are very similar, right? Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. And really, you kind of want one receiver more than the other depending on what scoring system you're in. If you're in a standard league, you probably want Brandon Cooks more. If you're in a half-point PPR league, you're probably going to want either Robert Woods or Cooper Cup more. If you're going to base this off of value for ADP, then my answer to you would be Cooper Cup. One, he's going lower than Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. You can get Cooper Cup in like the fifth or the sixth round, where you're going to have to spend a third or a fourth round on Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. And my problem with that is, is that if you were to go running back early, there's a decent chance that Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods can wind up as your wide receiver once. And I wouldn't feel too comfortable about that. Are they good receivers? Yes. Are they consistent performers? Yes. But because all three of those guys are there, because they all eat into each other from a week-to-week basis, you don't know whose big week it's going to be necessarily. I do think there's some in- inconsistency as far as wide receiver one capabilities there. And while all three three of these guys do have a legitimate chance to finish in the top 24 wide receivers overall because of the offense another reason why jared goff's a sleeper of mine by the way it still winds up being that none of the wide receivers finish in the top 10 as a result cooper cups the guy i want the most because i can wait to take him a little bit later but also he's the guy as i talked about before is the number one red zone target of the three when he's healthy he gets targeted about as much as robert woods does on the field. The only difference is he doesn't get the deep balls that Brandon Cooks does, but he's more consistent than Brandon Cooks on a week-in, week-out basis, especially if you're in a half-point or full-point PPR league. Then I really like him the most. So keep that in mind. Our last question that we're going to do today so we can wrap up the show. Frank asks, are you a Jimmy Graham believer? He goes on to say he has been playing the just-wait-and-see card every time a mic is shoved into his face, but I'm not buying it yet. What are your thoughts? All right, Frank. Well, first of all, I don't know what qualifies as a Jimmy Graham believer at this point because Jimmy Graham is essentially going for free in redraft leagues right now. Uh, he's a guy, he, he's borderline being drafted. If he is being drafted, it's that at last pick where you just waiting on tight end, maybe maybe the 14th round tops, but he's basically going for free right now. So I don't know what qualifies a Jimmy Graham believer, Um, I'll go with yes, because I do believe I am higher on Jimmy Graham than the consensus ADP is. And we'll probably get into that. He'll probably be one of my sleepers when we talk about the tight ends episode. But he had a really bad season last season, and yet he still finished in the top 10 of tight ends. And people seem to kind of forget that he only had two touchdowns. That's true. But he did get targeted on a consistent basis. And if you're in PPR leagues, he still finished kind of up there. He still was involved enough where he was a competent tight end start for you week in and week out. He didn't get the touchdowns that you were hoping for. And with the new system with Matt LaFleur, yes, they didn't use the tight ends that much in that system with the Rams, but even with no Delaney Walker last year, the tight end group for the Tennessee Titans was actually a pretty decent one had they been molded into one tight end. Had they been molded into one tight end, they would have been a top 10 tight end. They would have been a top eight tight end, actually. So... I do think that there is potential for Jimmy Graham to have a decent season this year and be a top 10 tight end guy that you can take for almost freeing the back end of your drafts. Jay Sternberger is not going to be a guy who's going to be a factor this season. Next season, most likely, but not this season. I'm not really worried about anybody else in that roster right now either, a.k.a. Mercedes Lewis. So I do think somebody else besides Devontae Adams is going to have to establish themselves as a red zone target. I don't see who else that's going to be outside of Jimmy Graham. So I'll say yes, I'm a Jimmy Graham believer in the sense of I think he has value being that he's borderline free and that he almost has nowhere to go but up as far as production goes, especially in the red zone. That's going to wrap up today's show. I had a great time with you guys. It will not be a week before you hear from me again. I will be back on Monday with the running backs, five best, five bust, and five sleepers. Make sure you check me out on Twitter. Remember, at MDSFFshow, on Facebook, at Show, on the website, www.mdffshow.com. You can also find me on any one of my network's websites, OvertimeHeroics.com, BellyUpSports.com, or UnwrapSports.com. And also make sure you listen to the podcast. Radio Public is the preferred app of the MD's Fantasy Football Show for you to go to. But we are available to you on almost every platform. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, you know, you name it. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you. So please tune in, download. Please, if you are on, on Apple, please support the show by giving it a five-star reviews on there because that is huge for the show. I really appreciate that. That's gonna be all for me today. I will see you guys next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.